G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Polycarp was the Bishop of Smyrna when persecution broke out against Christians. Eleven believers were seized and thrown to wild animals. The crowd then demanded the leader of the church, Polycarp himself. As they came to arrest him, he heard a voice say, Be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. He was offered a reprieve if he would renounce Christianity. His response was, 86 years I've served him, and he's done me no harm. How then can I blaspheme my King and Saviour? In the face of execution, Polycarp said, You threaten me with fire which burns for an hour, and after a little is extinguished, but you are ignorant of the fires of the coming judgment and of the eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. But why do you delay? Bring what you will. I thank you that you have graciously thought me worthy of this day and of this hour that I may be a part of the numbers to die for Christ. He suffered quietly and with dignity. Decades before, Jesus said to the church at Smyrna, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Polycarp was faithful unto death. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. What an inspirational story. And thank you for joining us for Set Free today. Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. Our subject this week is when Jesus comes to church. That is what Jesus had to say to the seven churches of Asia. Now, Ken, quite a moving account there of the martyrdom of Polycarp. I just hope that if I was in that same situation, I would say the same thing. I'm sure you would, Phil. God will give you grace. Yeah, Smyrna was the persecuted church out of the seven. Uh, persecution came not only from the pagans, but also from the Jews. The Christians drew many of their converts from Judaism, and they were persecuted because of that. Mm-hmm. The Jews dobbed them in to the Romans because they didn't worship Caesar. They didn't participate in their pagan religions. In fact, the Jews themselves uh, were protected because, you know, they used to pay temple tax. Well, of course, there wasn't a temple. Now, the temple had been destroyed. So in this city, they actually donated that money to the temple of Jupiter. Okay. And, and possibly that's what Jesus meant when he said to them, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and they are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. It's interesting, though, when you look at the uh, letter to Smyrna, is there is no rebuke in this letter. It's all mm. encouragement from Jesus. That's right. In fact, um, Smyrna is one of only two churches out of the seven that received no rebuke. I guess there's a couple of reasons for that, Phil. The first, of course, is when you're under pressure, what you need is encouragement. And Jesus came to this church as he that was dead and is alive again. So some of them were facing death, but, you know, hey, death, even death is not the end. There's the resurrection that we look forward to. But secondly, of course, sufferings purify. There's an account somewhere that I read where Corrie ten Boom, when, when her group or her church was persecuted, afterwards she said these words, the false brethren have left us. <laughs> mm, yeah, <as laughs> because they, if, you, if you're not real, you're not going to hang around when there's persecution. You know, And it's interesting, even today with persecution, the, the countries where they're suffering persecution are the ones where the church is actually growing the fastest. Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. something there, isn't there? Well, Jesus warned 
his followers, you know, he said, look, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you as well. And and that began actually at the commencement of the church age. We know that Peter and John were imprisoned. Stephen and James were martyred. Paul was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was finally executed. And then, of course, Peter was executed as well. Mm. This all happened in that first generation of the church age. Nero was probably the first emperor to persecute Christians. Some were crucified, we read. Some were sewn up in the skins of wild beasts and thrown to savage dogs. Some were torn from limb to limb while they were still alive. Mm. Women were tied to mad bulls and dragged to their death. And so on. You know, we could go on giving a lot of gory details of the, the suffering that some of those Christians went through. Now, of course, the purpose of all this persecution was to wipe out Christianity altogether. Mm, the opposite but happened, though. The opposite happened. You know, yeah. that's when that phrase came out, the, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. In fact, there's another saying that we have, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, <laughs> and that well, actually came from that era. You know, oh, that, really? Yeah, the, the Romans couldn't destroy them, so in the end they joined them. You know, it became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Tried to control it that way. And that's where where that saying came from. If you can't beat them, join them. I never knew that. Mm. This particular church really stands out, though, amongst the seven churches of Asia, doesn't it? It's really contrasting things here. Yeah, it is. I mean, we go on to the next church, uh, Pergamos, and uh, Jesus said to that church, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Now, let's just talk about Pergamos for a moment. Uh, It was the official capital of Asia Minor, so that meant that it became the center of Caesar worship for that province. So, you know, there's a lot of worship of Caesar that was very strong in that city, which would put pressure on the church. Also, there was an altar to Zeus, which was about 90 feet tall by 40 feet wide that jutted out from the side of the mountain. Also, here's an interesting thing. It was the headquarters of of the Babylonian priesthood, which originated with Nimrod. You know, we attribute the beginning of all false religion to Nimrod Mm. and what happened at Babylon. And and so when the Medes and the Persians overthrew the Babylonians, their priests fled and took their system of false religion to Pergamos. And that's where it was located. So when Jesus says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, he says, I understand all that's going on there and... uh, and, you know, where you are located. I'd reckon it was pretty hard for those guys. They were surrounded by lots of evil, lots mm. of opposition. So what did Jesus say to them? Well, first of all, he encouraged them. He says, I, you know, I know what you guys are going through. I know where you dwell, where Satan's seat is. It reminds me, um, a number of years ago, some friends of mine came back from Amsterdam and uh, they showed me this photo of um, this black door. And they said, that's the Church of Satan. You know, they had this, this church there wow. with a black door, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but right opposite that was uh, YWAM had their, had their youth office. With or their, their, yeah. yeah, Youth With a Mission. And I thought, good on you. You know, like there, there, there's um, Satan's seat, but you've parked right next door, as it were, and uh, you're operating from there. Uh, it reminds me of that saying of C.T. Studd where he says, some like to dwell within the sound of church or chapel bells, I'd rather run a rescue shop within a yard yeah, of hell. hell yeah. And that's, what, I guess, what Jesus was saying to this church. Hey, look, I know where you guys are located. It's not easy for you. You've got all this stuff going on around you, but you haven't cut and run. You're staying there. But again, like uh, the church of Ephesus, uh, it wasn't all encouragement and glowing. There were some things that they had to address. Yeah, now Satan didn't get to this church through the front door, but he tried to get in through the back door. Um, Jesus said, look, you've got there, there, though, those that teach the doctrine of Balaam. And, uh, you know, we know the story of Balaam. You know, Balak tried to 
hire Balaam to get him to curse Israel. But that failed. Every time he, he tried to curse Israel, blessing came out. Yeah. So then he, he went on to the next thing, which was, okay, well then, here's the doctrine of Balaam. Get them to sin. Get them to go in with the Moabite women, the prostitutes, if you like, and commit fornication. And, and that way God's got to judge them. God's got to punish them. And so it seems that they had this kind of teaching going on there that it was okay to commit sexual immorality. And so this kind of thing was happening there. There was a, also the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, um, which is another doctrine that you know we haven't got time to look at now, but basically it was something which Jesus said he hated. So that was also happening there. So Jesus comes against the church for these things and said, you've got to address these things. You've got to deal with these things because he says, I'm coming to you. Uh, in, in verse 12, he says this, uh, these things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. And then he says in verse 16, if you don't deal with these things, then I will fight against you with the sword. Now, why did he say that? Because when you think about it, he says, okay, just like Balaam brought this doctrine of immorality mm-hmm. in amongst the camp of Israel. If you remember uh, when he was heading out to do that, remember the angel was there with the sword drawn and the donkey could see him, but but Balaam couldn't see him. Yes. But he had the sword, you know, the sword of judgment. And then eventually you read later on that Balaam actually did die by the sword in battle. So Jesus was saying, hey, it's going to be like that here because we will not allow this kind of thing to come into the church as standard practice. So if you don't deal with these things, I'll come against this church with the sword of my mouth. So it's a word of judgment, if you like, of, of chastening that he ends up with in this church. Even though they're located in a difficult place, yet they still have responsibility to stand firm and to stay pure for Jesus. When Jesus Comes to Church, that's the subject of our conversation this week and we'll continue it tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.